I'm Michael Mays, and I talk to people. Carmine, you're on with Michael Mays. Damien, you're on with Michael Mays. It's funny, when I was in, I think, third, maybe fourth grade, my teacher used to get so angry, he used to say, Motormouth. He'd call me Motormouth. Stop talking. It's all you ever do is talk. What are you going to do with your life? You just talk all the time. Correct, you're on with Michael Mays. AJ, you're on with Michael Mays. I talk to people. Corey, you're on with Michael Mays. It should be fun. Here you go. <laughs> Derek, you're on with Michael Mays. And when I need to talk to a celebrity or, you know, somebody that's been in the news, somebody that's kind of tricky to get in touch with, let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy <laughs> who knows another guy. Oh, well, not not exactly like, well, sometimes like that. Gianni, you're on with Michael Mays. All right. Buongiorno, Signor Rousseau. Buongiorno. Como está, Danny? Yeah, you know. From Professor Mays Creation. You're on with Michael Mays. You're on with Michael Mays. Well, today is a very special day, and any fan of music knows 60 years ago today, the Beatles appeared on Ed Sullivan. And it doesn't matter what genre of music you're into. Really, it doesn't. Whatever it is, you ask your favorite musician, your favorite band, your favorite artist, what was your inspiration? And not, more times than not, they're going to say the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. It just changed everything. So I'm really excited to be able to have a conversation with Lawrence Juber. And he's a Grammy Award-winning guitarist. He played for Paul McCartney and Wings. Um, he played with Belinda Carlisle. He played with Eric Carmen. He played with Bill Medley and Jennifer Warrens on Time of My Life and Patrick Swayze and, uh, and so many others. And he's got a new album out, A Day in My Life, his fifth in his collection of um, solo acoustic arrangements of iconic Beatles songs. He's playing the Beatles Fest that's going on this weekend as well. And we'll talk about that uh, at the end of the conversation. But, I mean, who, who better to speak with? If you can't get an actual Beatle on the phone on, on this anniversary, uh, talking with a guy who watched it, grew up with it, lived it, and played with Beatles, I think is a good place to start. So I reached out to my guy. I said, hey, what do you know about Lawrence Juber? Can you get this guy on the phone for me? I want to chat with him. He said, let me look into this, see what I can do. A couple of minutes later, the phone rings. And, yep, just like always, a voice on the other end of the line said, Lawrence, you're on with Michael Mays. Hello, Michael. Hello, Lawrence. How are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you, Michael? Doing well. Doing well. Boy, I'll tell you something. 60 years ago today, your old boss, he had a gig, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. He did. What, a, what a gig. What a, yeah. what a gig. And, you know, in England, we, we didn't have that. We didn't, we didn't have the Ed Sullivan show, so... Rather than having that kind of moment in time that, that America had with 73 million people watching the Beatles you know, all at once, in England it was like the whole year of 1963 was just this, this kind of cresting wave of Beatlemania. That, um, you know, by the time we got to November of that year, my parents got me a guitar for my 11th birthday and I just never put it down. And the Beatles were... You know, were pretty, uh, a big part of it, obviously, but I was also a Stones fan, I was you know, Animals, and all, all the Kinks, and all the English bands, but, yeah. but the Beatles just a special place. Man, I, I just, I love hearing you set that up. And you're like this 11-year-old kid and you get a guitar. I mean, you couldn't have in your wildest yeah. dreams imagined that someday you'd be playing guitar solos on, on Paul McCartney and Wings albums. I, I just... That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I actually ended up, you know, I recorded with Ringo and with George, too. So I got to play with three out of four Beatles. 
and of course, you know, as a, 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 a 11 year old, I mean, it just wouldn't even, my mind wouldn't even go there. No. Um, but you know, I, I had the ambition to be a studio guitar player because I realized that that was kind of the brass ring, um, uh, in that, in that world. And, and I, I succeeded at that. I became very active and then I, um, in September of 77, I played on a, uh, playing in the house band on a TV show with David Essex, who was a big pop star at the time. And Danny Lane from Wings was a guest on the show. And we did go now, the old Moody Blues hit, was, you know, his, his feature. And I played a guitar solo and, and he liked what I did and recommended me to Paul and Linda. And then about six months later, I was working at, at Abbey Road in Studio Two, you know, when uh, I got a phone call to go audition. That so is, that was that was a life changing thing. Yeah, I would say. Um, and so, record, recording this new album in, in Studio Two was, you know, going back to you know, a very special place for me. I bet. And I want to talk about uh, some of the stuff uh, on the new album in just a second. But I do want to say one thing first. Uh, having Paul McCartney as a band leader for a guitarist. Okay. And I'm just, I'm looking at this simply from a guitar player's point of view must've been right. a little bit of a struggle because he's always been like an eight bar and over. Like you got to, you, you're going to solo for eight bars and that's it. I don't want anything else. I don't want fancy stuff. Just give me something melodic. You got to do a little bit more than that, but, yeah. but um, did, I, you, I did. Yeah. Did, did you think about that you though? Know, going I mean, in? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, I knew going into it that, you know, I mean, because Paul, has, I mean, I, I mean, he's a very capable guitar player himself. Sure. I mean, you know, that's him playing, you know, the solo on Taxman, for example, which is, you know, very, you know, very advanced kind of solo. But you're right. You know, it's eight bars, eight measures, and then, you know, then you're on to the next, the next verse or the next chorus or whatever. Um, so it was very condensed in that respect. And, and you know, having to make a musical statement in a short period of time, something that I was kind of used to doing as a studio player anyway. Uh, and the experience of working with him was not just that of a guitar player. I mean, I learned a great deal about making records, about how records get produced, and about how the whole business of it works. So uh, the guitar aspect, you know, was, was kind of the way in, but it wasn't, it wasn't the, the complete picture. Um, but, you know, even with this, I mean, with, with my solo stuff, you know, in arranging Beatles songs, there's not a lot of room for guitar solos. Nope. You know, on this album, I mean, while my guitar gently weeps, I, I'm able to, you know, kind of, I, I do the Clapton solo in the middle, or at least an homage to it. And then at the end, I get to improvise a bit more. The only one, uh, really, that I kind of always took liberties with, and was Let It Be, because Wings had that in the set, in our live set. And, because there was no definitive Let It Be solo, you know, there's, there's, there's different versions of it um, that, that came out, you know, depending on um, which incarnation of the track it was, whether it's, you know, the uh, Phil Spector mix or whatever. Um, so with Let It Be, I really, I, when we did it live, I just took up on my own kind of soloistic approach. And Paul always allowed that. He never, um, never restricted me on that. And so... You know, I've always been felt that I could kind of own that solo a little bit more. Um, but mostly what I do with this stuff is really stick pretty close to the record because part of what I do as a soloist is just to kind of make that work, make Strawberry Fields work, for example, as a solo guitar piece or, or across the, uh, a day in the life or whatever. 
honey pie is the only one where I just allow myself to take off because it's just such a cool ragtime tune and the chord changes are just so much fun to improvise on. But I, I allow myself that liberty. You know, your version of Blackbird, I, I absolutely love. I'm fascinated with it because I, I know that Black, okay. Blackbird was kind of, it, I, I can't say it was written by accident, but it was, you know, Paul was playing around with some classical Bach, right? And and, and he couldn't quite play it the way it was supposed yeah, to be played. Right. Yeah. yeah, so he would cheat and then that became Blackbird. But what you did with your version was you, you brought Bach back <laughs> in, in a sense. It sounds... In, in a way, yeah, in a sense. But, you know, what I did was, I mean, for one thing, my, my arrangement of Blackbird is not in standard guitar tunes. It's in a tuning we call Dadgat, D-A-D-G-A-D, where the top two strings and the bottom string are tuned down a whole set. Oh. And I play it in the key of A rather than the key of G, which Paul did, because this way I can work the melody into it. Because the melody has to be the leading factor. And then I, I build the accompaniment around it. And yes, I mean, there's some bark in there because I'm kind of giving a tip of the hat to its origin. I don't know if you realize this, but you know the, the way that Paul and George learned that was off of the Chet Atkins album, 1957 album called Hi-Fi and Focus, where Chet actually recorded the Bach Beret. Um, and, and George had that in his record collection, so we know that's where it came from. Huh. Um, and but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, whatever touchstones I can kind of find to, to anchor an arrangement, um, that's you know that's what I'll do because you know it's it, there's a it, there's a, a vulnerability about doing these kind of songs on a solo guitar that um, I like to find myself you know really find kind of the core of it and then make that uh, a powerful and engaging musical experience not just a guitaristic one but, but a, a musical one too so I'm being able to record actually in in. Abbey Road in Studio Two to go back there after all these years, um, and and really have some of the magic of that studio kind of seep into the recordings. Just very satisfying. Oh, I'm sure. I you know I I, I remember going to Graceland and um, uh, a piano that um, I think they played Eleanor Rigby on is so is somehow in this Elvis museum, and just just walking by and letting my hand brush against the the body of the piano. I felt this spark, this energy, this, this, I don't know, je ne sais quoi thing, you know, and, and, and the energy well, was amazing. You know, if, you, if, you, if you really wanted a spark, you should have stepped on the shag carpet. I'm sure you would have got some static carpet. <laughs> but the point is, like, you're in Abbey Road Studios. The energy in that room just has to be brilliant. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's electric. And, and you know, I've worked in, the, in some of the great studios. I mean, uh, you know, Capitol in Hollywood, Western, you know, Western West, Beach Boys recorded Pet Sounds, mm. Frank Sinatra did My Way. I mean, these are great studios, but Abbey Road just has a magic to it. Yeah. That, that is uh, beyond just the fact that the Beatles recorded that. It's just something about it that, that is, is a unique uh, environment. And, and rightfully is kind of a shrine to music making. I know we're going to have to wrap up. I just wanted to just, just let everybody know that Sunday through Tuesday, the 11th through the 13th, you're going to be in the city uh, fest for the Beatles fans at, at the TWA at the JFK. Actually, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually, it's, um, it's stuff uh, tonight, oh. Friday, and runs through, runs through Sunday. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. 
So the ninth, yeah. uh, the um, ninth through the eleventh. Then so so it's the ninth through the eleventh. Yeah. Okay, and you're gonna. And there is a, the, you can you can find it streaming. They, they, you know, if you're not able to come to to New York, it's um, there is it's online too. Yeah, you can log on to thefest.com. Thefest.com. Awesome. <laughs> Listen, uh, Lawrence, it was a thrill to speak with you. I I could go on and on for days about questions about your your work. I'm truly inspired by you. We'll just have to do it another time. Please. Yes. Don't be a stranger. uh, Thank you. Hey, thank you. Break legs this weekend. Enjoy yourself. And, and yeah, I look forward to speaking with you again sometime, Lawrence. Thank you so much, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.